1: Welcome, 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 my friends, to another episode of Chasing Poker Greatness. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. Today I am joined by John, who is in his Sunday's best. You can tell. I don't know what the special occasion is, but the man has The a start po- of
2: football season.
1: Yeah, he, he has a polo shirt on and is the most overdressed that I've ever seen him.
2: I'm overdressed. You look a little underdressed. We just balance each other out, and it's a normal episode.
1: I'm at home recording Tactical Tuesday on my computer. What do I gotta dress up for?
2: <laughs> I'm saying even for Tactical Tuesday, you know.
1: <laughs> I'm underdressed for Tactical Tuesday, man. The standards of these listeners they they need me to me to dress up.
2: It's a serious podcast.
1: Yeah, that's that's a fair point. What are we what are we doing today? Well, what's the uh, topic? we're talking about?
2: Sizing value bets on the river.
1: Sizing value bets on. The river all right well without dilly-dallying let's dive into the hands you can you can start i'll, I'll, I'll let you break down the action
2: <clears throat> so i'm on the button jack 10 offsuit i open to 30 dollars small blind folds Regan the big blind calls 30 we We're about 115 big blinds effective to start the hand so nothing crazy depth wise Blub mm-hmm. is 833, three, two spades. Um, I do have the 10 of spades in my hand. The small bite starts out by checking. I start out with a small bet, I would assume. Oh, kind of big, actually.
1: Yeah, like half. Yeah. Probably go quarter, it's fine. Or a third, yeah. I mean. But, so you bet a third. I think it's totally reasonable and you get check raised. Oh, wow. This is, this is. and I'm talking about sizing
2: value bets somehow, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> Talking about sizing value, as you got 50%, you got check raised. It, it's moments like this that make me realize that throughout the course of you and I's coaching sessions together, you have learned something because <laughs> for a while, this, a- <laughs> did this like you would have been shocked if I would have even suggested that you call this check raise. But I have a spade. Oh, I see. Okay. You have a flush draw. I, for, I forgot how you feel <laughs> yeah. about flush draws. Okay, so you turn a 10 after calling. There's 272 in the pot. The board is 10-8-3-3 with two clubs, two spades. You have the jack 10 of the offsuit variety. I'm guessing the river's going to be a 10, so you should just check back the turn here if, if we're talking about value. Um, but yeah, talk about your turn decision.
2: So try goes check, check. I mean, I think that's... I was planning on stabbing turn um, had I not made a pair or like improved to so much equity that I would feel bad about having to bet fold. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't happen very often. So I do make the pair. Now I think like their villains check raise on the flop is extremely polarized. It's going to be a lot of, I don't know, club hands, know. spade, spade hands, 3x.
1: I think they can check value. raise some like 8x too. Sure, sure. Like Joker sure. Yeah. 8x.
2: Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it's not completely polarized. Like It definitely could be merged. Maybe like the really strong 8x, like Ace-8, 8, King-8, 8, check-raise the flop. Um, yeah. That's totally reasonable as well. Um, I do make a pair though. So now versus that like relatively polar range, I'm just checking back, going for one bet on the river.
1: Mm-hmm. So you check. River's a four of diamonds. No full house. So villain checks, which is where we make it to sizing of your value bet here, targeting 8x. Because... That's, that's what's interesting about this hand, right? Because, like, to make a value bet, you have to be targeting something, which means the flop yep. check raise is more. You Merging. felt it was more mergy in nature? Yeah.
2: I think when they check raise and then check twice, it's it their range feels extremely mergy to me, where, like, I would just expect. <laughs> I know. I just, we went from extremely polarized
1: to extremely mergy. I don't know. Always extremely, though.
2: When they check raise the flop, I think that's. I'm. Um, 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 I think that's more polarized than, like, merging. Once they check-raise the flop and then check the turn, we're, like, more into merged land. Once they check-raise the flop, check the turn, and check the river, I think we're, like, full-on into merged land. I don't think they're Extreme doing... Extreme merged land. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of 8x <laughs> now. Maybe, like, maybe pocket 9s that doesn't 3 bet pre or something like that is That's yeah. just what I expect them to show up with a lot.
1: I'm just mar- marveling at, like... Nothing's ever, like, polarized or merged. It's, it's extremely merged or extremely oh, yeah, yeah, polarized. Yeah. There's... Yeah. So, if it was
2: only a little bit, we would. <laughs> right, anyway, you,
1: you go ahead. So and I, go bet ahead half. I try to target those 8x uh, ends. Yeah.
2: I don't know what you uh, think about the size. I think this is where.
1: Yeah, I would just go bigger, I think. Yeah. Okay. I would just like overbet, probably. Oh, wow.
3: That big. Okay.
1: I mean, you're <laughs> polarizing, right? Like, yeah. polarizing versus the, the extreme merginess.
3: Yeah. 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 Um,
1: um, I think that would be my preference. Like once okay. you have all these data points. Oh, you get jammed on. Congratulations. Free money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Free money. I would have felt much worse if I would have overbet and they would have jammed.
3: Yeah.
2: This one doesn't even feel that great, right? Like the only time I feel great about when I get jammed on here is if I, you know, one third or quarter of the river and they jam, yeah. I'm like, okay, this, I, I feel pretty good about this one.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm, I'm flummoxed. Uh, I feel bad about it, but. Yeah, my,
2: I mean, I can, I'll just reveal my thought process in these spots. When I get check raised here, like after a line like this, or after they've just checked, a bunch of times previously before the river, I yeah, struggle to give them credit. Yeah, you,
1: you default to like, if you had a good hand, wouldn't you have bet at some point? Like, wouldn't you yeah. just bet or the or like, with a good hand?
2: If you have the discipline to like check 10s full or 8s full or whatever, 3, 4, like that many times, then...
1: Yeah, yeah, you're good, right. This you're, is just a call.
2: Yeah. Uh, you're if you're balanced here. you deserve it.
1: Yeah, yeah you're going to see like two fives, two sixes. I'm going to go with five. Is the flop. Sixes.
3: Maybe. I mean,
1: yeah. I don't know that an eight feels the need to jam. Like, maybe, right. but
2: I don't think an eight jams. I'm just, I think that there's just like a lot of random stuff.
1: Yeah. Busted flush draw. Yeah. They did river they checked a four, the river because he made a pair and then. Yeah. They didn't check the turn. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they, they had seven high on the turn and they opted to check. So. Oh. All right. Um, nice call. Well done. Villain with a four. Try again next time. Next time you better have trips, I guess, to have any hope. Uh, Nice hand, and so after making this very nice induction bet on the river, I guess we'll head to hand number two, thinking about value bet sizings on the river. Sick round after the break.
0: The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. The Preflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training. Over 60 optimal ranges. And access to a dedicated community of players that will push your pre-flop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com slash bootcamp.
3: Available now. Before Bootcamp, I had been playing for maybe 15 years somewhat seriously, always trying to get better, jumping from learning program to different learning programs and training site to training site. Kind of feeling a little bit lost, not really knowing how to go about getting better. And pre-flop bootcamp just felt like a great starting point, a way for me to, to move from being a losing player to, to possibly a winning player. It felt like the right first step.
4: Once you jumped in bootcamp, what was your experience like?
3: Well, first off, I realized that I'd been making a lot of mistakes prior to boot camp, kind of learning what Rangers should look like and what hands should be played and what situations. You know, it was it was exciting because I, I could see what other people had been doing to me, what kind of what I had been missing in my game. And then from there, just the whole camaraderie of everybody that's um, signed up, working together, trying to achieve that goal. You know, that that was fun. That's uh, pushing each other and really helping uh, one another. Kind of feeling like you're a part of a team. It was uh, it was a great experience. I, I enjoyed the process and I learned a lot.
4: What was your experience like playing cards post
3: boot camp? It's a totally different experience. You know, it put me in a position to be successful as opposed to always being behind the eight ball and, and playing catch up. Um, I really feel like it's it's the foundation of, of a solid poker game. And uh, since boot camp, I've been able to to turn a profit and keep building on what I learned there. You know, being able to go back into the group and uh, re- really work together, even after boot camp was over, it's it's been awesome.
4: What's your sample size of winning post
3: boot camp? I think I have 70,000 hands played by now. You know, I'm a father, and I have a job, so I'm not a a professional player by any means. That's my sample size.
4: Preflop Bootcamp is the flagship Chasing Poker Greatness training program. If you'd like to dramatically upgrade your preflop game, a new bootcamp launches on the last Saturday of every single month. The price is $199, and your link to join is ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp one more time that's chasing the poker greatness.com slash bootcamp all one word or you can click through in the description box of this episode
1: all right welcome back to today's episode of tactical tuesday hope you enjoyed the break now we've got another hand queued up where john's going to be value betting on the river and trying to figure out what the best size is so to start out john has the ace of diamonds queen of hearts he opens to 25 dollars the big blind three bets to 120 dollars and john calls so everything here is pretty standard 245 in the pot villain has 865 behind the flop is queen of spades six of diamonds deuce of diamonds so john flops top bear top kicker with. A backdoor nut flush draw. Uh, villain here starts with a check. And so we'll pick up your thought process at this stage.
2: Um, yeah, actually, this is a. I, I wasn't even ready to talk about this as like a decision point, but this is definitely is there definitely is a decision here whether to bet top or top picker or check back. Um, I decided to check back here. I think I I'm actually kind of indifferent towards like betting and checking in this spot. I think ace queen is definitely going to be strong enough to bet. Um, I think one of the nice things is that like we just don't have that much to protect against, especially when they check. I think they're checking. Maybe I can go into like what I think their checking range indicates. Like I think it's going to be a lot of pairs like 6x through jacks. Um, Maybe they're weaker queen x and then maybe some like absolute whiffs like ace five of clubs or something that just uh, doesn't want to put more money
1: in. So that category of hands probably wants to play for like two bets in general. Yeah. Makes sense. So you check back. Flop turn is an eight of spades and villain goes ahead and checks again. So at this stage of the game, pretty sure we should start betting for value.
2: Yeah, so definitely definitely betting for value here on the turn. Um, I think sizing, like I think there's just a lot of cool things that I can do with sizing here to like set up river sizes and whatnot there's just so many i think part of that is that like there's just so many i think i'm going to be perceived to have so many bluffs on this turn um so yeah i mean this is where really like i wanted to start discussion like what size are you betting on the turn and kind of like what what are you thinking about in terms of river sizing
1: i just go 70
2: 70 and then jam the river
1: yeah yeah like there's 245 you bet 70 like 160 ish uh, villain's going to have 700. There's going to be like a little over 600 in the pot. So SPR is around one, and you can just jam river versus check. But yeah, I, uh, I, bet, I, either I think 70 like... or 70 or overbet probably. Wow. I went defense. like totally in the
2: other direction. I, I thought 70 would be like the, the standard size for sure. Um, I just wanted to get, I don't know. I just, I guess I was trying to get called by like a very wide range um, once he checks twice. And so I went with 30 and then overbet.
1: Hmm yeah maybe that is perceived to be bluffier 30 overbet that's it's actually that might be better than 70 i'm assuming that's the, the reason why i was keep their bluff catchers like
3: right right
1: have no reduction on their bluff catchers and then just rip rip river overbet have every single pair call the turn
3: basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's pretty good thought i think um so you bet Eighty into two forty-five. Villain calls. is a seven of hearts. So final board is queen six deuce eight seven. There's no flush available. Villain checks. There's four of four in the pot. They've got seven eighty-five, and now you just hit them with the two X.
2: Yep. Just hope to get bluff caught by that weak queen X the pocket pairs between nines and nines, tens, and jacks. I yeah, guess here, exactly. He, now
1: here's here's an overbet. <laughs> overbet for value. Okay. That's exactly the spot from the hand before, yeah, with a pair,
2: I think this spot, I don't know, maybe it's like because of the board texture, like Queen Six deuce eight, double flush draw on the turn. I'm just like, oh, like I can I get to rep so many, you know, just missed stuff here, although I guess nine ten gets there, and that that that's like the only thing that completes, but yeah, I'm still gonna have like all the Jack tens, all the jack nines, all the spades, all the diamonds that check back, and then like probably just some like total random stuff
1: like King Jack of Clubs. No. I, I so, think, yeah, I mean, I I think it's good. I was just pointing out that like you have top pair in both spots, and like mm. the one you're hesitant to overbet, and the other you're like right, happy right. to two
2: x rip. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I yeah, the last hand I, I really didn't consider overbetting, but I think that's really cool on the river. And like, it,
1: well, you got more uh, money from by overbetting.
2: Yeah, but I don't expect people to induce. Like, I would expect people are a hero. Like, I would expect the EV of overbetting to be higher than the EV of betting big and sometimes inducing.
1: They probably just call with the four. When you overbet, yeah, on exactly. The river. So, yeah. so like you, you miss, you miss inducing. But mm. I think they don't always jam with the four either. Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. Um, I really
2: like overbet in the last hand.
1: Yeah, works out here. They do have the top pair, which is nice, and they block nine ten, which is nice for them. They think, <laughs> but hero reigns supreme again. Max value from top pair. Yeah. Top kicker versus top pair weak kicker.
2: Honestly, this is kind of a big cooler when like it's a three bet pot and the flop gets checked through. I think like I'm just that guy is probably so happy to call it with Queen ten. Yeah, it, I, with queen I, ten. I'm
1: not exactly sure what you could do to make them fold the top pair. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if true. there's anything that you could do if you just open rip the flop. Yeah. <laughs> they might call the top pair. <laughs> <So>, like <laughs> this is a, a hand where they're pretty pretty much destined to get stacked. Yeah. Or, the hand that they have, but the goal is to basically stack a, a wider spectrum of mm-hmm. hands by taking the line that you took. So, right. well played. Uh, that's really all that I have for this week's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Look at us, man. We got like sub 20 minutes. We're, we're like a sitcom type <coughs> length now, 21 minute episodes. We can fit in nine minutes of commercials somehow. Make it 30.
2: We'll just have to find some sponsors.
1: Yeah, need to find sponsors. It's just going to be like wolf ads for nine
2: minutes. (laughs) Sponsoring ourselves.
1: Every street is a wolf ad. (laughs) Uh, All right. Good episode. Good stuff. As always, Uh,
0: until next time.
2: See you next week.
1: See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.